This podcast is for you if you want to learn about the wonderful and wacky world of the English language and the people who speak it. If you want to learn English, speak English, and understand different speakers of English, then you're in the right place and you're going to love our podcast episode today. Welcome to English World with Chris Americos. We are a team of language lovers, expert teachers, and native speakers who are on a mission to help people around the world speak English and show the world their true value. We correct mistakes, practice pronunciation, and explore grammar rules while drinking coffee and having fun. So get comfortable, relax, grab a pen and paper, and welcome to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by English Every Day, an unlimited speaking practice program where you can join live speaking practice lessons with professional native teachers five times every day. There are a lot of courses on the internet and a lot of useful videos too, but the one thing that is missing for most English learners is practice. And if you need speaking practice, then English Every Day is for you. So click the link in the description or go to chrisamericoast.com to learn more today. All right, so we're here with Daniel Crook, and Daniel is from Australia. Daniel and I have known each other a long time, but I still don't know if I pronounce his last name correctly. If it's Crook or Crook, 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 Crook. You know, we we've worked together on a lot of different projects, and so we've known each other for a while. I even went down to Argentina and met up with Daniel, and that was so much fun. Just he showed me the best time. And Daniel, for everyone who's just getting here and just meeting you, how did you get to Argentina? You're not from there originally, right? I'm not from there originally, correct, Chris. Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually from Australia, near, near Sydney. And uh, I got here about 10 years ago. I've been living here for 10 years. And I basically, I was after university. I, I uh, had to make a choice about like when I was teaching secondary school, I, I wanted to travel um, because basically I was teaching at secondary school there and I didn't really like it. I, I was teaching languages. I was teaching Italian to 14 year old boys and they were crazy. They were out of control and I wasn't enjoying myself. I, I thought to myself as I came home at 5 PM, closed the door and sat down in front of my computer there must be more to life than this routine. Like, then there's got to be, like, this can't be my life. So anyway, a few days later, my friend called me out of the blue. His name's James, a good friend from school. He works for the Qantas Airlines, the Australian airline. And he said, Daniel, would you like to go to South America? And I said, man, I've just started teaching. Um, he said, oh, okay, but remember, Daniel, I work for Qantas. You could be my buddy where you get 90% discount when you fly. 90%. And I was like, 90%. So instead of paying $2,000, $3,000, you pay 200 And you can book wow. as many as you want. So as I said, man, sorry, I'm committed to my job teaching, like in a secondary school, which I just started. And I hung up the phone. I thought, wait a second, this is a great opportunity here. And I called him back up and said, hey, man, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I can come, I can come, I can come. So, so basically, we, we flew to South America. We went to Carnival, Brazil, and that was always a dream of mine, which was so much, so much fun. And then we went to uh, Colombia, and then uh, he went to Jamaica. I went to Seattle to visit my sister. And then I came down to Mexico, Cancun, and then... Before going back to Australia, I thought, I'll just pop down to Buenos Aires for two days and um, see what it's like. Because, you know, the flights were like $50, $90 from Cancun. I thought, I'll check it out for two days. Anyway, get to Buenos Aires. It's okay. Didn't think of it that great, to be honest. I'd like to hear your, opi your opinion too about that, Chris, when you first got oh, there. I loved it. But I loved did it. you really? Yeah, because people really build it up. Like It's like the Paris of Europe. It's the most beautiful city in South America. Like, but when I got there, I was like, mm, it's a bit dirty, just cluttered, like a normal big city. I was a bit disappointed, to be honest with you. Um, but anyway, one morning, Saturday morning after clubbing, I met this German guy. We're having a coffee on the corner. And this, I saw a beautiful girl walk past me at the corner of my eye. What did I do? I jumped up, sprinted towards her. He said, excuse me, 
do you speak English? And she says, um, a little bit. I said, you are absolutely beautiful. Uh, what's your name? And I just started asking her questions and she's like, uh, uh, uh. And I said, can we go for a drink? Went for a drink. Um, we met up that night and we like in this big plaza. She came in this white dress. It was like a dream come true. We sat down in the plaza. There was a couple dancing tango. We ordered a bottle of champagne. I had this model sitting in front of me, gorgeous Argentinian girl. And I thought, my God, this is a dream. I'm in Argentina with a beautiful girl. This is perfect. She said, Daniel, I'm going back to Cordoba tomorrow. And I was like, oh, okay. And as I walked into the taxi and gave her a kiss, the first kiss, I said, can I come with you to Cordoba? So then I followed her, basically. We went on the bus <laughs> to Cordoba together. Wow. And that's the start of the whole thing. So unfortunately, it's a sad ending. And we only lasted one month. A lot of people ask that question. So what happened with the girl? We, we lasted one month. But I found a job teaching English. And that's how it all started, Chris. A long yeah. answer to your question. Yeah. No, so it, it's great that you know, you're able to connect this uh, love story with Argentina with this, this element of falling in love. And and it really happened like that. And and so maybe those feelings transferred from that first uh, girl who you met over to the country or the city, and you started to feel some emotion, similar emotion, right? Yeah, that that excitement. And I suppose carried on to the feeling I have here in Argentina. Like it's, it's such a different vibe here, and I feel at home kind of here. Um, I'm sure you know what I mean, Chris. Like everyone's so friendly, and they're yeah. so um, transparent. They're very passionate. They give you a hug when they meet you for the first time. In Australia, it's like hello, very <laughs> distant people. Like probably similar in the U.S. I think, Chris. Right? You're lucky if you get a handshake. Like, exactly. Hey, Chris, this is Mike. Hey. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, and you're not exaggerating. That's what really... I mean, sometimes. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Some yeah, are, yeah, yeah. Hey, nice to meet you. And some people are like, hey. <laughs> yeah. That shocks me. This connection and this feeling of interaction, feeling this connection with people is, for me, priceless. And that's what I love. And that's what keeps me going every day. And that's what I just, um, everyone asked me, Chris, why are you here? Because of the economy, the corruption, the politicians, it's all, everyone complains about it all. And it's dangerous sometimes to walk on the phone, like if you walk in the street with your phone and things like that. But, um, but I, I always tell them, it's the people. The people are so friendly and so kind. Yeah, I love the people here. That's why I stay. I think yeah. that people feel that from your energy too. You know, uh, okay. No, I think yeah. I think a lot of the uh, like I had a great time when I was in Argentina, and I only have a really good impression of Argentina. To be honest, I think it is a little dangerous, but mm. um, but I feel like a lot of the positive impressions that I got were because I was in your proximity, and your positivity mm. just you know spreads. It's contagious, and when you're around that you just get swept away into this wave of positivity and, and let's go do it, you know? Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, cool. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy here, to be honest with you. Yeah. In, in so Cordoba, Argentina. Things that people are challenged with when they come from like an English speaking country to Argentina, you know, cause you've probably mm -hmm. met a lot of foreigners there and seen how some people can deal with it and some people can't. And, you know, what are some of the struggles that you've seen? Yeah, everyone, the foreign people that I meet here, they always say the same thing. They've got the same problems. They get a three-month travel tourist visa, uh -huh. and then they have to leave the country and come back in in order to, for it to be valid and um, to, to, to basically stay in the country. You have to leave, or you can just pay a fine, and that means you can stay as long as you want and just pay a fine which translates to be about $30, $40 US dollars uh, to pay the fine. So it's not okay. a lot at all. So and most people basically go that way and probably just pay the fine and stay however long they want? No, Chris, you'll be surprised. 
um, a lot of people are petrified of that idea of breaking the law and having pay the fine. So everyone's, no, I have to travel because that's the legal way. Because in our countries, as you know, Chris, it's hugely, very, very strict if you go, if you break a visa, like, like the rules in Australia, you get deported, USA too. So everyone comes with the idea, I can't, I have to do it exactly the, the right thing. But in my experience, I've done it a lot. I've paid the, um, the, the fine many times and I've had no problems at all. Um, so my recommendation, if you're traveling here, do what you just said, Chris, pay the fine. You, there's no need to travel out of the country. So that's one of the big challenges um, that they face. The second one is if they want to open a bank account, that's really hard. And um, the, you, there's lots of steps. You have to go to the immigration. You have to have, uh, you, you, there's like three different ways you can do it. You can marry someone. You can get sponsored by a company. And and the third one is, I think you can study. Yeah, you can study. But there's, mm -hmm. lots, there's lots of different ways to do it. There's lots of bureaucracy, lots of different hoops you have to jump through. But um, another way, Chris, if you trust someone here, like, and you can make it work, like if you've got a good friend that you can trust. I've, I've had a friend that helped me in the beginning. He opened, he put the bank account in, in, in his name. I know this sounds absolutely crazy to some people, but if you trust someone, like it, it, it worked really well in the beginning. Um, he, he just went to the bank, opened the account, gave me the card, gave me the pin. Simple. But yeah. Obviously it's a, it's a trust thing. So I guess this is the part where I have to say, disclaimer, this is not financial advice. <laughs> exactly. Maybe we can edit that part out. Yeah. So true, true. we're not liable for any of your decisions and, yeah. and make yeah, your own. Exactly decisions. right. Consult with your lawyer, consult with your accountant. Not recommended. Don't take my advice. This is just what's something that I experienced and it worked. Yeah. But um, a lot of people have impressions about South America in general, and you've done some traveling around South America. The, the impressions that people in the United States have is it's dangerous. And mm -hmm. they think it's dangerous because of cartels, drugs, and because of human trafficking. Uh, mm -hmm. And then also just petty theft, like robberies on the street. And mm -hmm. what can you say about that is, I mean, I, I'm sure all of South America can't be the same in, in that respect. I'm sure it's worse in some areas and better in some areas. And there's always the tourist places. Of course, those are probably, uh, you know, a little better. But um, what what's your take? You've been there for so long. It's a great question. And a lot of people ask me that question. Uh, in terms of theft, I've seen once or twice. Uh, it's a common thing the scooters, the motorbikes, mm -hmm. if a person's walking along the street um, and they're talking on their phone, it's a common thing that they can steal the phone. Um, I've, I've seen that twice happen. You just have to be smart. Don't take your phone out on the street. Like I think Chris and you and I took our phones out on the street several times. But you, if you really want to be 100% be careful, better not to take your phones out in the street. Uh, which is something that you and I take for granted in the USA and Australia. But yeah. Here, don't do it. Yeah, but I don't, think it's only, I don't think it's only the US and Australia. I think most of Europe, right. even like most when I lived Europe, in Europe. Russia, I had absolutely no fear of that. Like it may be if really? I was in mm -hmm. the worst part of the city or something, like, and I, I'm I'm afraid of more than just losing my phone already. Then maybe in that situation they could take my phone. But like just walking down the street, normal day, no, no, no. There's no fear of that in Russia. Of no. walking with the phone, okay, talking, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I was surprised when I got there. But so like that, it's good to be aware of that. I I feel like when you go somewhere. Definitely, definitely, yeah. That's the number one rule. Don't take your phone out on the street in Argentina because that's one of the common things that happens with the phones. They steal the phone. Um, just be street smart in that way. The the other things that you mentioned, um, uh, you, you said the cartel, and what else did you mention, Chris? Human trafficking. Question about human trafficking. To be honest, I don't know much about that. I haven't 
heard any of that happening here in Cordoba, and I don't know much about that. Um, not from what I know, it's been happening, um, but it doesn't seem like a, in the news that I know of, it doesn't seem like a big thing here. Thank okay. God. Yeah. Yeah. And when you um, traveled to other countries, you said you were in Colombia and, and where else? <clears throat> went to Colombia, went to Brazil, traveling around. And um, you're, you're asking about that, human trafficking and those things? Uh, or about, no, just about safety overall, you know, like how, yeah. how do you feel these places are? To be honest, I was really scared about going to Brazil because I'd heard those same, same things that you were mentioning about it's really dangerous, there's gangs. and they, But when I got there in Rio de Janeiro, when, when I arrived, I got off the bus and I was like holding my backpack going, okay, where is, when, when are they going to steal something? And then I realized, wait a second, look at everyone just walking around having fun. And it wasn't bad at all. So this bad idea of um, people, like, like I suppose, murdering, um, stealing, it wasn't bad at all, Chris, in Brazil, in, in Rio de Janeiro. And, and I spent the whole week basically going to the carnival, going, coming back at 3 o'clock in the morning and had no problems at all walking back in the middle of the center of the city. Colombia had no problems at all as, as well. So I think it's just it, like what you were saying, Chris, if you're a positive person too, I think you attract that as well, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Yeah. But in Colombia and Brazil, I had no problems. It was all fine. I, like when I met people, I thought they had good, good intentions and it worked out well. Yeah. Well, let's back Thank up because you said something about teaching Italian. Mm. Yes. And teaching Italian. So tell us a little bit more about that because your story isn't only about Australia and South America, right? It goes a little deeper. Yeah. So, so share yeah. that, that little chapter with us too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I am at university. This would have been. 13 years ago, I think now, or 14 years ago. Um, I started teaching at the university. Sorry, I started taking courses at university. I started learning German. That was my first year learning German. And your and university? Then, Which university? That was in Arm Armadale in, in, in Australia, which is basically six hours north of Sydney. And I started... I basically didn't know what to do when I was 19 years old. I came back after a year of uh, working and traveling in London. This is what I did after school. I went to London, went to work to find a computer job there. I came back. I said to my father, Dad, what should I do now with my life? Dad said, try uni. Go, go to university. And I thought, okay, what do I study? And my sister said, do a Bachelor of Arts, Daniel. That's the broadest thing you can do. And when I was there enrolling, Chris, um, I saw it said exchange program, German, one year free accommodation if you, wow. um, if, if you do study German. I was like, okay, I love traveling. Might as well study German. So, so I studied German. And that's when um, I did that for one year at the university because I didn't know what to study. I studied German, psychology and a few other things that were interesting. And I, I went to the second year, I went to Austria, where I went to Graz, the same city Arnold Schwarzenegger was born in, the, the second largest city in Austria. And that was one of the greatest years of my life, exchange programs, speaking German. I was a waiter in a bar speaking German and had met some great people. It's all about the people. I'm sure you'd agree, Chris, when you travel, it's all about those people you meet and the connections you make. So learning German, speaking German with, with my friend, I met a Russian guy and we made, became really good friends. And, um, and after that, I came back to Australia and I thought, now what do I do? Okay, I'm going to go back to uni again, continue studying German. But I thought, um, I might as well study Italian as well. So there I started studying Italian language. And 
I had the opportunity to travel the following year to Italy wow. on another exchange program. So that's when I went to Italy and I started um, teaching English. That was the first year where I started teaching English in Italy. And that made me with, um, with all those languages, German, uh, Spanish, sorry, sorry, Italian and Spanish. So then I got those four languages. Yeah. And that was an amazing experience for me to, uh, to be in Italy. I was near Florence on the East Coast, a small town called Macerata. It was like a classic Italian town. And I loved it, but I didn't feel the need to stay too long. I stayed there for three years. That's where I started teaching English. I got the confidence to teach English. Some and people would say three years is a long time. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. I'm comparing to 10 years here. Yeah now in, in 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 argentina but you're right i suppose it was a long time so but um i i loved italy but i wouldn't recommend living there for too long it's great to visit to travel um why i say that it's a lot it's very disorganized backward and there's lots of corruption there as well similar to argentina um but it's uh it's a great city sorry a great country for food and for a different, like the beach and everything to visit, but to live there is a different thing. Yeah. In, so how in do you Italy. think uh, Argentina compares to, you know, Austria and Italy in terms of, I mean, we talked about safety already, so I guess we could talk about that too. In terms of safety, how do they compare? But also, you know, how do they compare in other ways that people might not be thinking? Because Austria, mm -hmm. Italy, these are European countries. And that has a certain level of appeal, uh, mm. tourists, right? Yes, definitely, definitely. Austria, in comparison to Argentina, they're very, like, very different opposites here. You've got um, Austria is very organized. It's all correct and everything works perfectly. It's very efficient. Uh, you've got the beautiful uh, landscape with the mountains and it's very different. Uh, I'd say uh, how, how, it, obviously the economy is much better and the politics are less corrupt as well. Uh, so it's a great place to live, Austria, very stable in terms of the economy and uh, great people, really friendly people as well. And so it's a great place to live, but it's not as crazy chaotic as Argentina. And, and I kind of like that crazy adventure, chaotic type life, you know, because it keeps it interesting, keeps it stimulating. It's not in a box organized, always the same, you know, that's what I felt in Australia a little bit, Austria a little bit. Italy is where things got interesting where it was very chaotic, like here, they crazy. They're not logical people. They're very passionate, like Latino type passion, feeling, and really would, that's what I fell in love with it, with Italy, the people like that. And, uh, had a lot of fun. They're very spontaneous people like here in Argentina. You, you say, let's meet for a coffee. Let's do this now. You ask anybody, Chris, uh, in Argentina or Italy, what are you doing this 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 weekend? And and we're saying it's Friday, right? It's Friday. It's the day before the weekend. What are you doing? So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, they can't make a decision. We've got so many options, and they they just let it happen last minute. So everything's spontaneous adventure, and no one knows what's what's happening there's, there's no planning like there are in Austria. So I've, I love that fun. It's, it's very spontaneous type of life mm -hmm. and uh, it's exciting and stimulating. Yeah. And not, and you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, which is fun. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Um, but Italy is very similar to Argentina in terms of the corruption, pol the politics, the disorganization, it's backward. Um, obviously, Argentina is more third world. There's less, the economy is worse here with the peso, Argentinian pesos. Um, and I'm not sure if you're aware, Chris, but the inflation here in Argentina is 
the third worst in the world. Wow. Uh, Venezuela, number one, and then there's a place in Africa, and then Argentina's number three. So it's 100% inflation every year, which is um, huge. 7% a month going up, 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 up. It's just, so uh, just, just, to give you, just to give you an idea, Chris, when I first arrived here 10 years ago, it was five pesos for one US dollar. Now it is 500. <laughs> 500. So we're talking 500 pesos for one US dollar. So wow. you can. And, and to put that in so, context, to put that in context, how, how much does, you know, a liter of milk or like a, a liter of Coca Cola or, you know, something that people buy all the time, how much does that cost? That's a good question. Yeah, I think. Uh, gotta go. I'm not buying milk, so I haven't bought milk for a while. But <laughs> something, you, something so, you buy all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, something I buy all the time. But, so but something you that an, everyone buys around the world. Yeah, like a a bottle of water uh -huh. is two hundred pesos. Two hundred pesos. Okay. And so, which is five hundred pesos is one U.S. dollar. So we're talking forty cents, right? Yeah. Forty U.S. cents for um, a bottle of water. Uh, how much is a bottle of water in the USA if you go if you buy 500 mil in the kiosk? kiosk <laughs> probably store? probably more than a dollar, a dollar fifty, two dollars. Yeah. Okay, so it's a little bit more. Um, but the rent here, for example, Chris, I'm I'm staying in a penthouse apartment, beautiful. Uh, I pay a hundred dollars a month at the moment, which is amazing. Yeah, so that the rent's really cheap. And what else can I give you an idea? Um, that's crazy. A hundred dollars a month is is really good. I think, really good. Yeah. Like, is it true in the New York, Chris? Some people are paying like three thousand or four thousand dollars for an apartment a month. Is that really true? It's insane, man. In that's some, some people rent like mansions for ten thousand dollars a month or twenty thousand dollars a month. My God. 100. So guys, there's a massive comparison there. I'm living in a beautiful city here, like on the penthouse with a massive balcony in the center, hundred dollars in yeah, comparison to 5,000, which is just I mean, mind blowing stuff. I live in Tampa, Florida. It would be at least $2,000 a month to rent like a penthouse uh, apartment downtown. Okay. Okay. Regular, just a regular, just a regular apartment. And okay. two thousand is on the cheap side. Like that would be lucky. You're probably looking at three thousand. Wow. So, Chris, it, that's another thing we can get to in this meeting. If you can work uh, online, living yeah. here, man, you can live like an absolute king. It's yeah. it's so, and it's a fun city, fun people. So, yeah. Um, and if anybody listening wants to find out more about that, definitely contact Daniel after this. Yeah, guys, if you're interested, I'm happy to give you information about um, living here and how to do it. Um, and the fun it is, like I'm, I'm having so much fun here, Chris. I've, what I tell people always, Chris, I've got a band where I sing. Uh, I've got an event on Friday and Saturday night. It's called Speakeasy. 200 people come Friday and Saturday. When Chris came, it was just one night. But now there's such a high demand. So do it Saturday too. So did it Saturday. Now there's 200 Friday, 200 Saturday. Wow. So this is an amazing event where people meet and, and exchange languages, basically language exchange. Yeah. And, and I don't, like, so when I went there, I actually remember the first night that we got to Cordoba, you were feeling really sick still. And uh, so <laughs> like the, the event is going on and you can go there. And I walked over to it and I met people there and I, and spoke English with them. And the whole two weeks that I was there, I kept in contact with those people. It That's was, right. You were inviting the, the, your friends over to the, your apartment. I said, Chris, how did you meet these people? I'm, I met them at Speakeasy. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So that event yeah, yeah. really works. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, that, so, that's, so I've got the band. I've got the event. I've got the school, which is we've got about four to 500 students at the moment. We've got about 46 teachers going all online. Uh, Chris was a big inspiration to me as well with that to uh, grow it. He, he taught me a lot of things. Uh, thanks to Chris, I was able to grow it in a big way. I was, 
I remember before before I met Chris, I had about sixty nine. I, I was always stuck on this weird number. What a what a strange number, Chris. Sixty nine. I had sixty nine students on average over the whole year for two years. But then when I got, uh, I started learning some things of Chris. I was able to suddenly explode the school. So tell uh, us more <laughs> about the music career, though. So you have a band. Uh, How long have yeah. you been with those guys? And and what do you? What kind of music is it? Yeah, so with the band, it's been about eight years. Um, we're doing rock and roll music, so the classic stuff, Bon Jovi, uh, the Beatles, uh, Rolling Stones, Satisfaction. And the funny thing is, Chris, I, I never considered myself as a singer or anything like that. But well, well, when I first got... You're definitely an entertainer. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe uh, just doing it got the practice, but... Um, basically, what I what I did was, I always wanted to own a hostel. So when I first got here, Chris, I bought a hostel, a small share, twenty percent, wasn't much, a few thousand dollars, and I was a share for a year. And one of my business partners, who I'd gone into the hostel with, he was playing the guitar one day. I still remember this day. He was playing the guitar in the reception area of the hostel, and he said, "One day I'm going to make a band." I said you know what, I've always wanted to sing in a band. He goes, let's do it. Like he was this Israeli guy and just said, let's do it. I love, I learned a lot from him as well, just about let's do it now. And I said, what do you mean let's do it? And he goes, let's do it right now. I said, what do you mean? And our other friend was there with us who played the drums. And he said, let's do it now. And I was like, but how? And he said, well, Get the bongo drum in the in the sitting room of the hostel. The our drummer can play that. You take a pen, put the pen in your hand. We'll put a song on a karaoke song that you know that we all know, and I'll play the guitar. I was like, "This is crazy," but, but all right. I was like, "This is way out of my comfort zone." But I thought, "Wait a second, I'm here in Argentina. If I stuff up, if I fail." I can always run home. Like this is here is a bit of like a playland, dreamland where I can just experiment, right? If if I ruin myself here, I can just escape and go back to Australia. So I thought this is my mentality for doing things. Kind of, kind of. I, I didn't care. Okay, if I fail, I fail. Whatever. So we sang a song, um, "Creep." Creep was one song that we all know. I'm a creep. I'm a. So we started singing it, and that was the first time we did it together. In the hostel, in the reception area, a girl actually filmed it. We still got the video, and we—that's how we started the band. And wow. with the with owning the hostel, Chris, we had the power of the the foreigners there. We made an event. The um, let's do an event with the band playing. We we did covers of Arctic Monkeys. We'll, let's make it an Arctic Monkey tribute this Friday night. So we had like six days to practice. I learned all the songs. It was an absolute disaster, Chris. Disaster. <laughs> Failure. We failed. Like everyone said, man, you got to learn how to sing. When we were there about to play, Chris, the night of about to play, my, my drummer said, Daniel, I've forgotten the sticks the to play the drums. And I was like, man, and we've got people upstairs, 200 people upstairs. Come on, play. And we're like, what do I do? I said, wait, wait, wait. So I ran down to the kitchen. I found two big spoons, a fork and a spoon for a salad. I said, and I ran to my drummer and said, man, this is the best I could do. And he was like, oh, great. But he was playing with, the, with, his, um, with, with a fork and a spoon. And I was singing words. I, I was forgetting the words. And God, it hurt. So, God, this is a great lesson, Chris. If you start something you've never done before, you're going to suck. You're going to suck big time. But the yeah. trick is... The trick is you just keep going. Now I'm playing three times a month in the biggest clubs in Cordoba with 2,000 people. And they said, Daniel, you're amazing. You're great. I, I stuffed up. No one saw how bad I stuffed up. But because I kept on going and I didn't care, I got better and I got better and I got better, took lessons. And now I'm... It's working fine. The band's going great. So, 
And, and that's the attitude that people need to take with learning English. Exactly. Exactly right. Make, you can fail a thousand times, doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Continue, continue, continue. Persistence is the key. And you'll get there. Exactly right. Make a fool of yourself. You're going to make a fool of yourself. Stuff up big time. Accept it. Move on. Next. Move yep. on. Fail. Next. It's how you take it. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell us about the hat. So I bought this hat in Australia. Um, and I just like the hat, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it like an Australian cowboy hat? Or no, not a real cowboy hat. Where I'm from, where I'm on the farm in Canada near Sydney is where I'm from. And I'm actually from the farm. And this wouldn't be a normal cowboy hat. It's actually a, a bit of a stylish hat. Um, and yeah, but not the typical cowboy hat from Australia. Yeah. But I go to the events, I teach with this hat. And now people are starting to get get to know oh it's the australian with the cowboy hat so i'm yeah. kind of filling Building filling in that role yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and and now i wear it to the events and oh you're the australian i think you you look like an australian with that hat. <laughs> i go well like now you just crocodile dundee crocodile. exactly whip with a knife crocodile it's a whole <laughs> lot <laughs> so what are some yeah. of the weird stereotypes or strange questions that people ask you because you're from Australia? Because I imagine because Argentina and mm. Australia are pretty far apart that they don't meet a lot of Australians in Argentina. So what, what are some of the things that come up when you meet people? Mm. Good question. Yeah. There's a lot of people that the first thing they always say to me, Chris, what are you doing here? You're in the <laughs> middle of the country. There's no beach here. Cordoba is in the center of Argentina. There's corruption. There's you, the average wage, Chris. Just to go back to that, um, is two hundred US dollars a month. Mm. Two hundred US dollars a month. Just give you an idea. So everyone is getting out of here. Everyone's going to Australia. Everyone I meet, oh, I'm going to Australia next year. I'm going to go to Australia, or next year I'm going to go to USA. They're all traveling. Um, so the first thing, Chris, they always say. What are you doing here in this corrupt place with, with, with all these problems that they complain about? Why are you here? And, and I tell them, because um, I love the people. This is the common answer. I love the people and, and I, I just love being here. And that's one of the things they always say. And they always ask me where I'm from, how long have I been here? Ah, the typical thing they always say, you have big snakes you have big spiders in Australia. How, how many sharks have attacked you? Uh, man, I've never seen a shark in my life. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like saying, oh, you dance tango, right? You dance tango. You're from Argentina. You dance tango? They're like, no. Well, it's the same for Australia. This is stereotype. There's no big snakes in Australia. Like I've seen probably, I'm from a farm where there's snakes everywhere. I've seen five snakes in my whole life. Not a big deal. Like you see them for a second on the road and they run across and you never see them again. Spiders, there's some big spiders. I'm saying a spider would be the size of my hand here, like that, that size. And they're very, they're not the big hairy things, just tiny spiders. But what you just um, showed me, that looked like a big spider to me. Because the, really? okay. the spiders that I'm used to seeing are like this big. Yeah, okay, okay. But I suppose they're very thin, like really thin, if you know what I mean. They're not the, the big, scary funnel webs that they you see in the documentaries. They're thin and long. They don't scare. Or maybe I'm just used to it. I, I don't know because I grew up with it. But that's a common thing, Chris. They always ask about the animals, the dangerous animals. And uh -huh. it's not that bad at all, to be honest with you. In Aren't Australia. there some dangerous yeah. animals in Argentina too? They've got the puma which is a, like a big cat. Uh -huh. uh, and that's around the, the farm areas around Cordoba. And they often have problems with the pumas taking the sheep. So that's a, that's something that's the most, the scariest animal. I think they don't really have uh, big spiders or snakes. I've maybe seen one or two snakes here, but the puma is the probably the, the, the most dangerous. And I think there's one or two stories of them attacking a, 
small, like a child, maybe once or twice. But other than that, there's not a no dangerous animals here. Other than that, yeah. You know, a lot of people yeah. have fear of moving to a foreign country because they think that they're just going to stick out as this foreign person and everyone's going to hate them because they're different. And, you know, they have some ideas like this. You and I have both been in that situation where we've been the foreigner in another country, in multiple countries. And, you know, in the beginning, you don't know anything. So mm. you are a stupid foreigner. <laughs> and, but after some time, you become the foreigner and you get mm. to capitalize on that, right? And so a lot of people kind of miss out on that that benefit, I feel like, because they get di discouraged in the initial stages where, you know, it's uncomfortable. Um, what do you think? What is it like just being a foreigner amongst people who are different and they live a different way and they think a different way? I think I feel very special, Chris. And um, that's one of the things why I might like it here so much because I'm different. I'm I'm the minority. I'm not the majority. When I go back to Australia, oh, it's just everyone's Australian, you know. So um, there's this special feeling, and especially you you mentioned Chris. You said oh, that people might hate me because I'm a foreigner. It's entirely the opposite. They love you because you're a foreigner. They say, "Wow, where are you from? Wow, you speak in English." It's like they've got this idea about. English speaking countries that you're like, I don't know, from the films, from Hollywood famous. So they've got this really positive economies working. It's safe. The dream, the dream, you know, so they see you. Oh my God. But they really friendly to you here. I'm sure you experienced it yourself, Chris. Like yeah. everyone, you felt a little bit famous. Well, you are famous, but you <laughs> felt like very special here, right? Because everyone was just wanted to talk to you and they're really polite. So they, yeah. I'm sure you felt the same. Yeah. Yeah. In Argentina, um, I definitely felt that. Well, what do you think about back in Australia, though? How did they feel about foreigners? Australia, how do they feel about foreigners in Australia? They yeah. should be Australian people. I mean, we can't um, generalize about all people, right? I'm sure there's people on different sides and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, if we had to make a general statement, because the people who are listening here, a lot of them are students and they might be considering moving to the United States, Australia. Mm. Um, very so accepting in Australia. We're very multicultural now and and very open and people are curious and friendly in Australia. If, if you go to Australia, people will be very curious and they'll be asking you questions. And we had a few cases in the past. Some people have the idea that Australians are racist because we had a few incidents where some bad things happened. Um, how can I tell you about that? It's basically we had a few gangs who got racist towards um, some Asian people and there were like two incidences and that exploded into a big thing that we are racist in a way. Um, but it's not like that at all, guys. Uh, we are very friendly, curious, and Australia is one of the most multicultural uh, populations in the world because they're letting, Chris, they're letting in about, I think it's every month, a crazy number, 100,000 people into Australia now because they're so desperate for people. They need workers. They need people to work in Australia. The population is only like 26 million in Australia. And for the size of it, it's almost the same size as the USA. It's huge. So they're letting in a hundred thousand a month. So you can imagine in a few years time Australia's just growing a lot. So it's very acceptable the different cultures. Now it's getting really open about everything, getting much better. And people are curious about foreigners friendly. Yeah. I yeah. think everywhere you go there's there's different kinds of people, but a lot of people forget that Australia is what the sixth biggest country in the world, I think. It's enormous. It's three times bigger than Argentina. 
So, you know, Argentina is quite big, right. three times the size. If you fly from the Sydney to Perth, the two distant cities in Australia, take six hours to fly over the, the, the whole of Australia. I've met truck drivers who drive across Australia. It takes one week and then right. one week to drive back. So they, so they say goodbye to their wife for two weeks. Sorry? How many time zones are there? Three? Uh, I think, I'm not too sure, but I, th- I think you might be right, Chris. Three, three time zones, yeah. But uh, very different. And Australia is one of the, like everyone talks about Australia, is one of the best places in the world to live. And it's been voted that way in, a, in terms of the beaches, the friendly people, the weather, the economy. You can make a lot of money there. Uh, I remember when I was washing, when I was at university, I was washing dishes. And on a Sunday, I'd make $23 an hour washing dishes, just singing there, washing dishes. I was very happy. Twice a week, I'd go and wash dishes in the restaurant, listening to music. And that's how I saved up to travel, um, just working in a restaurant, earning $23 an hour. That's and probably that, b- before. That was back how long ago? Yeah, yeah, that was back. So now imagine what that would be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now Probably more. Yeah. Dollars an hour or something. Yeah. Twenty four thirty, maybe even higher. Yeah. Yeah. So remember, guys, when I say dollars, it's less than U.S. dollar. So if you say ten U.S. dollars, probably seven, seven Australian dollars to give you an idea of the currency with USA dollar and Australian dollar. Yeah. Yeah. But so still the money, the money question is always interesting when we talk about Argentina, because you have this system there of exchanging money. Mm. So like if you go to the bank, it's different from, and then you, you can't even exchange money in some places. And so sometimes it's, it's a challenge share a little bit about that. How can I explain it to you? There's, so the banks officially have, I'll give you an example to understand. So when I say 500 Argentinian pesos for one US dollar, that is the blue rate. What does that mean? That is the rate you go can, and change money on the street in the black market. It sounds scary. It's not. There's official offices that do it. And it's like you can't do it, but you can. It's if you if you come here, you'll understand that. So the, the biggest question: How there. do you find them? Then how do you find these places? Uh, it's very easy, Chris. If you go to any main plaza, like main main square, we call them. Um, there are people calling out "cambio, cambio." As you know, that means change, change. So you, anywhere in the center, Buenos Aires. If you go to the main plaza, you say "cambio, cambio." Donde is Gambio? You can, um, they'll point you in the right direction, but it's in the main squares of the city, the main cities, and everywhere. There's guys out on the street going, Gambio, Gambio. They basically get a small commission and they walk you literally 50 meters to an office where they change the money there, and the guy gets 2% or 5%. So um, if you're here, guys, try to, when, when people are saying Gambio, Try to go directly to the office and not with the people because they get a commission. But it's a tiny commission anyway. But um, so, and then there's an official rate just to give you an idea. If you go to a bank, it's three hundred uh, pesos for one US dollar. So you can see the huge difference there, guys. It's like what is it, sixty percent uh, more? You get more money. You get sixty percent more money if you go to the black market. And change in blue, dollar blue. That's what so everybody going to an official bank. Yeah, that's what everybody does, probably. Yeah, the majority do that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you so you ask yourself, why would you go to a bank and do it? Um, I suppose to be it's safer, and the, you're 100 percent guaranteed the the notes are going to be real. So if you go do it, guys, just to be 100 percent sure, maybe you can. Take one of those pens that, that there's markers you get, and you can mark the dollar bills to make sure they're real. I've never, Chris, saying this scares people. Oh my God, they can give me fake. It's never happened to me in 10 years. I've never been given a fake bill. 
Um, actually, now I think about it, I might have happened one time in a, in, a, in a bar maybe, but never when I changed the money, just so you know. Um, it's not a big deal to change money. On Daniel, the, I think that all of these insights that you've shared with us today are super useful for people who are traveling to other countries and who are thinking about going places. It was really motivating how you talked about not giving up and you know looking like a fool, but then recovering and making progress after that. And you gave a lot of examples. So thank you so much for taking the time to have this chat today and tell everybody where they can find you. Okay, awesome. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Um, at the moment, uh, we've got an in Instagram channel, guys. You can you can find us on um, Instagram. It's called English Native. Okay, all one word, English Native. Okay, we've got about fifty three thousand followers there. That's where we get a lot of our students come from there. And so I see myself as a bit of an influencer. I can say, <laughs> yeah, uh, come on, Chris. Yeah, and um, you influence and, me. Yeah. <laughs> So we've got Instagram, English Native OK, all one word, guys. You can follow us there. Great entertaining videos, teaching English, do, do some crazy stuff there as well. And we've got a YouTube channel as well, uh, which is in English Native. You can find it on the Instagram there. Yeah, so and with the website is called English Native in Company as well. You can find the website there. And uh, we're, we're teaching lots of companies at the moment, software development companies, about 12 different companies. It's a huge need because you can imagine the the people who work here it's very cheap labor for other countries so the usa is um basically employing lots of companies here to do a lot of um uh, website gra graphic work and software development yeah very cool yeah exactly we'll make sure to put all the links in the description under the video under the podcast so everyone can find you thanks again for taking Excellent. the time to have this call man uh, no, man, thanks for the invitation. I really appreciate it, Chris. And thanks for the opportunity to share the story. Love it. Thanks, it's a man. great story. Everybody has to hear it. Thank you for tuning in to English World with Chris Americos. Now it's your turn. Don't just listen to English, speak English with us every day. Join our English Everyday Speaking Program today. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye.